Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What's going on? This is Sean David Grant with Track Stars. You are now listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. So happy once again to be joined by Jeff Mazidlo. Yo, he is a phenomenal, um, just a tank of knowledge and information and just so incredible. Um, he's spreading his knowledge across the world, um, through his articles and through, um, through his contributions to different websites. Jeff, man, I'm so happy to have you back on. Jeff, how you doing? Good, Rick. Uh, glad to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while, man. Yo, Jeff, can you introduce yourself to the people for those who don't know who you are? Yeah, uh, like like Rick said, uh, my name's Jeff Mazzillo. I've been writing sports uh, for over 25 years now. Uh, I'm from Chicago. I worked uh, two newspapers in the Chicago area in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, I've covered the NFL. I was a Chicago Bears beat writer for 10 years. Uh, also spent time covering college basketball, uh, Big Ten college basketball and Big Ten college football, as well as uh, some Notre Dame uh, football as well. And uh, then I also worked for Stats, Inc. Uh, for 12 years and covering pretty much a, a lot of sports in the, uh, and writing headlines uh, for the, uh, the editorial department there. And uh, now I've branched out on my own, and, and I'm freelancing. And, and the main places you can see me uh, read my stuff is uh, yardbarker.com as well as thegamehouse.com. That's the T-H-E-G-A-M-E-H-A-U-S.com, as well as uh, Field Level Media. Uh, I write for them, and I also still do work for Stats uh, Inc. as well on a contract basis. So, yeah, I've been able to, to kind of uh, um, take all my experience and, and strike out on my own, and uh, so far, so good. Uh, we're, uh, uh, we're enjoying it, and it's always great to, to, to be on with you and uh, to talk some college football. Jeff, every time you come on, you give us phenomenal insight about college football, and this is just the perfect time to have you on, for me anyway, selfishly. I'm a LSU fan, man, and <laughs> and they just beat Texas, and now they're currently in the fourth spot of the AP polls. Um, now it's kind of looking SEC dominant, Georgia, Bama, and LSU, along with Clemson, my question is, do you think the AP Top 25 poll is right right now? Do you think they have it right? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, I think if you look at um, it, it, not much has changed. Uh, I think the, the biggest difference, especially in the top 10, is that we're seeing that kind of that rise of LSU. I mean, I, I think, you know, last year LSU surprised some people. This year, there's not the only surprise is just how dominant they've been. And I wouldn't say they were totally dominant last week against Texas, but I think that was a very big win because that's one of those games where, listen, you're going on the road, you're favored. It's two top 10 teams. Um, It's an emotional game for the home team. Texas is trying to kind of get themselves back on the map of prominence on the college football scene. They've got a Heisman contender and Sam Mellinger as their quarterback. Um, and this was an opportunity to, for LSU to go in there and kind of quiet those those expectations a little bit. And I think what I found most impressive was the resiliency of that 
of that LSU team. They did not look phased. They gave them some big plays. I think I was a little disappointed in the way the secondary played because, in my opinion, they have the best secondary in the country. Um, but every time Texas came back, especially in that second half, or every time Texas scored, I should say, LSU came back and, and with big plays. They looked very confident doing it. Uh, that, to me, is the sign of a team that is, is going to be around and has the potential to, to make some noise, and they're really not afraid of, of, of they're able to take punches but also counterpunch and and prove that you know they're they're the better team on you know on any time they step on the field and so I think that was kind of a statement game for them um, as far as the rest of the top ten I, I don't think there's really anything that's that's too shocking uh, the fact Michigan is still in the top ten surprises me because I think they you know that was a team who I thought was overrated to begin with and they looked very rather vulnerable the first two weeks of the season. Um, they're shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and especially turnovers. Um, but yeah, I mean, the SSC is definitely warranting the, the credit, the, the, the attention that they're getting. Um, I think Auburn, the way they played, uh, against Oregon, you know, they're in there. I don't know if they're going to be a team that's going to be, uh, be able to sustain a top 10 spot all year. Uh, but to me, I think it's, you know, the teams that are there are rightfully, rightfully where they should be. Do you foresee the season kind of ending like this in this SEC dominant pitcher? Do you see it that way? Or do you think some of the other teams um, that are kind of out there, like the Oklahomas, do you foresee them creeping their way up into this top four? Well, I mean, the thing you got to remember is the SEC teams are going to, it's going to come down to what this committee thinks come December when. I mean, really, it's is it LSU right now? Is it LSU and Alabama? I mean, listen, LSU, Auburn's got to Alabama's got to go play at Auburn, so that could be could be tricky um, for them. And if and it was one game we saw with Auburn, that was an okay. That's a good Oregon team that they beat, but it was also on a neutral field. I don't know, you know, we've seen one game from Auburn. And this was, I think, an Oregon team that was shell-shocked in the second half of that game. Um, I would not be surprised if the runner-up in the the SEC championship game, which, you know, you would think right now would maybe be Georgia, because I think LSU and and Alabama could probably both beat Georgia, whichever team that is coming out of there. Um, And I think it just depends on the record. If Georgia is, you know, if, if Georgia goes in and... And let's say they're, you know, they're they're the they're in the uh, in the championship game and they're playing in Alabama or an LSU, then, and if they're undefeated, then, you know, that then there's there's a case for them. But you know, Georgia they they've got to go to Auburn, they've got to play Texas A and M, so those aren't very, you know, those aren't really easy uh, regular season matchups, um, you know, crossover matchups for Georgia in the SEC. So while, yes, I think it's possible to me, you know, I predicted before the season started, I thought it would be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And I still believe that. I think Ohio State is by far the best team in the Big Ten. I think Oklahoma is still the best team in the, uh, um, in the Big 12. And I think they're, they're actually better than they were last year, especially defensively. Not great defensively, but I think they're, 
they're better than what we saw last year, which was really atrocious when you think about it. I mean, they allowed 33 points a game, and then they still managed to get into the college football playoff. Do you think LSU really showed weaknesses in the secondary more so because Grant Delpit went out? I think that's part of it, but I I just I, I think they're – and to me, I think he's the best defensive player in the country. But they've got some other talent back there. I just think they were – I think there was a lot of poor tackling on the back end there. And I also think that, that you know, they weren't – you know, they were – and they seemed to be out of position. And, again, that goes with the personnel that was there. Um, but to me, I, I, it was a little disturbing that this is supposed to be their bread and butter and they weren't able to do it. I was more impressed. And that's not to say that, you know, they're not going to, you, know, you learn from that stuff. You watch what happened on film and, and, and you, you, you make the adjustments, um, to me, which I found the most impressive about them is they now have an offense that could win those shootout type games that new spread offense that they've got there. And Joe Barrow is a very confident quarterback. He's got some, some decent receivers. Um, and I think that's a, that's a unit that is, is playing with confidence. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to play. Um, and if the defense does have those breakdowns, um, they're not going to get into very many games like that. I just think they're too good of a defense to allow that to happen. That was just one of those games where it just got crazy. And it was, you know, it was fun for the fans, but it's kind of a nightmare for coaches, I'm sure, to have to deal with that. Man, it's a, it was an absolute nightmare for some LSU fans as well. Um, and I'll just well, say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, definitely. I, I, yeah, for the casual fan like me who was watching, it doesn't really have a rooting interest. I thought it was it was just really entertaining football. Uh, but, yeah, I can could, I could tell you. But I think that's that's a big game where as the game went on and you saw early on how. Texas wasn't able to take advantage of some, some opportunities. To me, it's set up that this was still going to be LSU's night. And really in the second half, the way they played, I never really had a doubt that they were going to lose that game. So if we're looking at the top four, Georgia, Bama, LSU, right, and Clemson, of those four, who in your opinion is the most vulnerable based on either their schedule or just their talent level? Well, I think Georgia, and, and I think because of a couple of things, I think they're still kind of, you know, feeling out their, their they have some, listen, they're going to be able to score points. With, with You know, with teams like Georgia and Clemson now and Alabama, it's, you know, there's a, the old phrase, they don't rebuild, they reload. They're going, they get the elite talent. So it's just maybe people that the regular college football fan doesn't normally hear about that they could plug, you know, put in and plug in guys and go and still be better than 90, 90% of the rest of the country. Um, so those teams, I, I think you, you know, even though I don't know, LSU's maybe getting to that step again, I think they still get elite talent, obviously. But to me, Georgia, the big issue is going to be on defense. There's still some some guys that, that need to, you know, there's some new faces there, again, in the secondary as well. And um, you know, they haven't really, you know, they played Vanderbilt, who's probably the, you know, arguably the weakest team in the SEC. And, you know, they played an FCS team in Murray State, who was a mid-level um, uh, FCS team as well. So I just think Georgia is, is the team that I would say has the toughest road. And like I mentioned, they have a pretty tough schedule. I mean, they have to, 
you know, they, they, they're, they're going to play their, their crossover games in the SEC are pretty tough with going to Auburn and playing Texas in back-to-back weeks in November before they play Georgia Tech. Um, and, and actually, if you look at their schedule, I mean, they've got Arkansas State coming up. That's a win. Then they've got Notre Dame, and that's going to be a fun game. And I think they beat Notre Dame. So, and then they're going to go to Tennessee and Tennessee is, you know, we've seen that team is just a hot mess. And then you've got a stretch of three out of four. Well, uh, you play, play three home games and their fourth game in that stretch is in Jacksonville against Florida, which I thought preseason Florida could beat them, but I did not like the way Florida looked against Miami. And I don't know if Florida is going to get better. Florida was a team that I was really high on. They didn't really do a lot for me in that game against Miami, but I see Georgia potentially slipping either at Auburn or maybe even Texas A&M at home on the 23rd of November, because I was kind of impressed with the way Texas A&M played defensively against Clemson. That was a pretty impressive showing, even though they lost. um, The thing about Clemson to me now, I think that people really need to take notice is is their defense, and they might have the best defense in the country. So um, getting back to your original question, yeah, Georgia seems to be the team for me that has maybe the biggest hurdle to clear. Man, Oklahoma is still kind of out there. And when you look at them, I I think they've done a phenomenal job of putting NFL talented level quarterbacks, you know, at their starting quarterback position and then having them go first overall in the draft. They went out and got Jalen Hurts. And in his first few games, he's been playing unbelievable. Can we crown Lincoln Riley as the QB whisperer? With Lincoln Riley, I mean, yeah, it's a system. It's a great system for a for a versatile quarterback, um, and it's it's definitely a um, a place where you know a guy can go and have success. Now, if we if we look at the last, if we include um, if we if we include Hertz in with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, I think Hertz eh, is probably the the less talented of the three. And I also think he's probably the one with the, I don't think he has, you know, that NFL upside, at least not at this point. I think he's tailor-made for a good college quarterback. And I think this is probably a system where it allows him to do what he wants to do. And it really fits his style. And that's something that he was not going to get any, any longer at Alabama or not have the opportunity to do. And Alabama doesn't necessarily want their quarterbacks running as much. So I think that this definitely helps. I don't know if he's, if he's going to, yeah, I mean, he's, he's looked good the first two weeks again, who have they played? So that's something you got to keep in mind. Let's see when it, when it, you know, Houston's a good team, but they're not, I mean, their, their, their defense is, is questionable with, with Oklahoma. It's, it's about, you know, they're still going to try to outscore people. Um, I think they're good enough to win the big 12. I think they're they're good enough to actually go undefeated in the Big Twelve. Uh, although I, I in that game against Oklahoma State at the end of the year is going to be pretty interesting. That's where where I could see them slipping up before right before the conference championship. Um, but yeah, I mean Lincoln Riley has always been kind of you know he's been that guy that that guru that. But it's more of a system I think than anything. He finds a, a quarterback that could fit that system, and you know is he going to keep doing it with these these. Uh, these senior trainees, graduate transfers. I mean, is that going to be the trend that he does or is this it? Does he go to the NFL next year? I mean, that's, you know, 
that was the talk before. I mean, does he make that that jump now? So um, I still like Oklahoma to get to the um, to the college football playoff. I don't think Hurts. I think Hurts could be a Heisman contender, and I think he should be. I don't think he's going to win it. That's just right now. Do you see him being able to sustain this level of play throughout the season? Well, I, I don't know if he's going to need to. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of situations where once you get into the kind of the the, 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 the season, it's going to be depending on how he feels. It's going to be depending on what they, they need to do. I think they would really like to get uh, the running, a traditional running game going. Uh, that's something that, you know, they, they haven't really had that, that, that big bat. Rodney Anderson was a guy that they liked, but he was hurt. And, and, you know, Sermon is, is a kid who's, you know, he, he's, he can give them some, some opportunities or give them, he, he can be explosive, but I think they just have to stick with it. <laughs> and if they're able to do that, then, you know, they won't need Hertz to keep doing what he's doing, but you know, kids Hertz is averaging nine, you know, over nine yards of carry right now. And, He's the leading rusher. He's the leader with rushing attempts. Um, do I think he could sustain it? You know, maybe. It's probably not the wisest thing to do, but he's a little more durable than, than you know, body-wise type, you know, that physical um, nature that Kyler Murray was. But overall, I think it's probably something that they may want to just rein in and just really make it depending on, you know, how he – how he sees things and how the flow of the game goes. Earlier, you mentioned that he could be a possible Heisman candidate. I, I want to ask you, who are your Heisman front runners right now? Well, I think I don't know if how much has really changed since the preseason. I mean, I think the I think Hertz was in that. He was probably a top five guy. Uh, I think one and two right now uh, to attack um, uh, of, of, of Alabama and, and, um, Lawrence from from uh, Clemson. I think those are the guys. I think Tua is probably the the one that people are looking at more so um, because Lawrence, you know, he doesn't. He kind of burst on the scene, but he's got a lot of weapons to make him look better. And you know, right now you look at him out of the gate; he's already thrown three interceptions. And I was just so, about to say that. I was like, how how does and, he look right now? Does he still kind of garner that type of Heisman hype? I think he's still in there. I don't know if he's the front runner. I mean, I think he, you know, he only had four interceptions all last year, but, um, you know, to me, I think Tua, I think you have to put Hertz in there. The guy I like, and, and I've liked for, since he stepped foot uh, onto a college football field is Jonathan Taylor, uh, at Wisconsin. To me, he is a guy that doesn't get enough credit. Um, you know, everybody wants these versatile quarterbacks, these do it all type quarterbacks. But for me, a guy like Taylor, who's a workhorse. I mean, he's already rushed for, you know, he's only played 20, he's played less than 30 college football games and he's already rushed for 4,400 yards. So with 34 touchdowns, I mean, he's a solid back. He's a workhorse. Uh, He could also catch the ball, which was something that he didn't do a lot of in the first two years, but he has this year. Um, He's somebody that I, I hope is going to get more attention than he did uh, that he has in the past. Uh, so I think right now, I, you know, the NTN kid at, at Clemson as well, he was kind of shut down this week, but um, not, I shouldn't say shut down, but he didn't have the big game that he had before. So to me, I think, I don't think you should count Lawrence out yet. Yes, it's been, it's been rough, but I think he's still going to be there. But I think 
I guess if you're going to, you know, right now, two what I guess hurts are the two guys to me. And uh, I think it's going to come down to, you know, the thing we liked about Kyler Murray last year was the electrified plays he was able to do, those kind of extraordinary, inhuman type of things. Hertz is a solid guy. I don't think he's going to give you a lot of necessarily highlight real stuff, but he, he's definitely someone to to obviously keep an eye on. Any? Do you think there'll be any love kind of given to Judy from Alabama? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, there's definitely guys who, you know, like him, but there are others, I think, around the country that are, are kind of in that, 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 um, you know, in, in that, uh, that, that mold. I mean, you've got the Ross kid at, at, at Clemson. Um, uh, to me, Judy is, he's good. He might be the best overall receiver that may be the best pro prospect receiver right now, but I don't know if he's a guy who you would, you would think is, um, is, is there for, you know, a front runner for this trophy. One name we do need to mention too is Justin Fields from Ohio state. Mm. Uh, you know, he's someone who's kind of burst on the scene already, and there was a lot of hype surrounding him, and he's had a very solid first two weeks. It real early, did looked really good early on uh, in his first game of the year and uh, continued to to play well. I mean, he you know he hasn't thrown an interception yet, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, you know, obviously we know what he could do when he, he runs the football. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent there. And I think that may be the guy when it's all said and done between him and Tua that we end up talking about for the Heisman. I look at guys like um, Justin Fields. I even look at um, a guy like Jalen Hurts, definitely Tua. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, cool, they look good here, but how will they translate? How will they transfer from here to the next level? And my... There are some guys out there who are already kind of making headlines or making headway as far as being top draft prospects. In your eyes, who are those top draft prospects that everybody who loves football should be paying attention to as the season progresses? Well, I think, you know, you got to keep in mind, who, uh, uh, if you're a Heisman favorite or a Heisman contender, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to translate into a star NFL player. I mean, that's... Um, you know, Murray has the potential to make that that move. Um, I think Baker Mayfield has been. You know, well, he didn't do hardly anything yesterday. You know, Sunday it is the season opener. Mm. So, I mean, there's questions there. Maybe he's not in the right system. Uh, I think it depends on where these guys go. I mean, I think physically, with the gifts, the tools some of these players have, a guy like uh, Tagovailoa is definitely someone who I think could, could shine at the next level because he's got a big arm. He is versatile with, with the legs, um, and he's strong. And I think that sets up well. Um, Jerry Judy, a guy like you mentioned, he could be in that Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley kind of type, type uh, 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 universe when it comes to guys, you know, those, those long receivers uh, who could beat you in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, and then, you know, there's, there's the, maybe the less sexier names, the prospects, guys like an Andrew Thomas, who's an offensive tackle from Georgia. I mean, he's the best lineman in the country right now. And, you know, if he decides to come out, he's a top five pick probably. Uh, Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State, very active. Someone who is, you know, he's he he's not like the, 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 the big kind of hulking figures like a Bosa 
or somebody, but he's he's very quick, and he could you know he could disrupt do a lot of things uh, to to disrupt an offense. So I mean, there's guys like that. Um, you know, another name that he hasn't really gotten off to a good start this year, but is someone like Lavisca Chenault from Colorado, who is could do a lot of different things well. He's a good open field player. He's versatile, got good hands, great speed. Uh, so I think he's someone you need to keep an eye on. Let me mention Grant Delpit, Bryce Hall, good defensive backs that that are uh, you know, somebody that you need to keep an eye on that are potential top 10 picks too. And again, it all depends who is picking where and what the needs are. You know, right now, if you look at teams like the Giants and the Dolphins and you know how poor they are, I mean, Tua would look great playing for the Dolphins. I mean, you know, if they if they continue to to be brutal this season and wind up with the first round pick, I mean that's that would almost seem perfect. But um, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, a lot could happen now. I think right now, you know, we look at the guys that um, that you know you would think that that, that are there um, that they would they make that transition, but it, it just really depends. They seem to be tanking for Tua right now. Like they seem to be on purpose tanking for Tua. Um, do you think that they're doing that in, in Miami? Well, I know that it's a rebuild. I mean, they've come out and said that. I mean, they don't really have, they've been trading away a ton of pieces and, uh, they don't have a lot to offer. I mean, I think they're, they're in a definite rebuild mode, which is kind of tough to do with the NFL because you don't have a lot of games and fans aren't going to pay money to watch, you know, poor football for, for, for 16 weeks. And uh, it's if, if they're able to do it, and it, it you know helps them two, three years down the road, then you know then God bless them. But uh, I, I mean I don't know if they're tanking. I mean I, and then again I don't know if he's the guy that I mean just because you want somebody, it's not like in basketball where you can kind of tell you know if if like you're gonna you want LeBron or you want somebody like a Zion a Zion coming in. Uh, were these one-of-a-kind athletes. I don't think there's anybody in this draft coming out who is the sh- is a sure thing, and especially in football, there's never that, because you're always one injury away from, from ending a season and potentially a career. How is this draft shaping up? Like, which position will dominate the headlines? Uh, well, I think it's an interesting quarterback draft. It's, it may be one of the better ones, I mean, because of Tua, Justin Herbert, from uh, Oregon, I think is uh, is another guy to, to keep an eye on. Lots of good defensive back draft. Uh, like I said, Delpit Hall. Um, again, it's guys who come out. Uh, Christian Fulton from LSU. Uh, you know, he's a senior, so he'll be out there. Uh, you know, will CJ Henderson from Florida? You would think he's coming out. Cornerback uh, there. So I think the 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 the, the the defensive backs is a very solid defensive back. Uh, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, uh, and then the quarterback is is an interesting position to look at uh, as well. And I mean, you know, again, Hertz is a guy that's going to get some love if he continues to have a big season. And we see what's happening with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and what Russell Wilson was doing when he first came out. And um, so there is obviously. There's there's a there's room for guys like that, but uh, I think it's also still you, you need anchors. You need a solid offensive lineman, and Andrew Thomas I think is he's up top, and then you've got a little space before you get to the rest. So he's definitely, in my opinion, a top five guy. 
Um, you know, there, there's a lot to uh, defense. We mentioned Chase Young uh, as well. Um, so there's, yeah, so there's guys that I think kind of, there's positions that maybe are stronger than they have passed, and I think the quarterback is probably one of them. But I still think defense, and when you think defense, I think this year the premium is going to be on the secondary where, or hard this coming year where this past draft, we saw a lot of linebackers and those edge linebacker type uh, types and defensive ends going. Yo, 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 this your boy E. Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. You have a show. The Odd Couple with Rob Parker. It's a dynamic show, man. Please tell the people about it and where they can find it. Yeah, uh, it's the Odd Couple radio show. And it is myself and Rob Parker. It's on Fox Sports Radio. It's a national show. Uh, it's on the iHeartRadio app. And it's on Sirius XM Channel 83 from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday, on over 350 channel or media markets nationwide. Uh, and also, you can download the iCouple podcast, which are the uh, greater greatest takes from the show. That is uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or FoxSportsRadio.com. So you can download, subscribe to the podcast. And check that out. So, uh, yeah, man, definitely, uh, it's been going well. It's been popping. So, uh, your listeners definitely want to check out the Odd Couple. Coming in. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers Prep Program. And you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can. Listen as much as you can and share as much as you can. So, Jeff, just just for fun, what is your favorite story to follow right now in all of college football? Oh, it's a good question. Um, let's see. I mean, to me, uh, listen, I live in Chicago. I'm a Big Ten guy. Uh, I'm always I, – I, I'm just wondering if everybody else can keep up with, with Ohio State. And to me, the most intriguing story in the Big Ten is Michigan. And because Michigan was, last year this was going to be, everybody was excited with the great start. I mean, they were excited when Harbaugh took over. And yes, he's kind of resurrected the program to where they're actually winning games consistently. But this is a team that 10 years ago was a national champion. They were expected to contend for a national championship. And we haven't seen anything close from that. And I'm really eager to see what happens when this team falls short again this year, because I don't think they're as good. <laughs> well, because I don't think they were as good as the set number seven ranking that they, they started the season with, or what they, that they had a top 10 ranking. I still don't buy into that. I don't think they're going to beat Notre Dame. I think they're going to have trouble with some of the other teams in the big Ten. And I certainly don't think they're going to beat Ohio state, even with Ohio state coming to, to Ann Arbor. Um, and I think it's just a matter of underachieving. I think, you know, Josh Gaddis is their offensive coordinator. He come, he was the co-offensive coordinator a year ago at um, at Alabama uh, with Mike Loxley. And Mike Loxley's ripping things up at Maryland. I mean, that Maryland is right now is I think that's a big talking point in the Big Ten. I mean, this is a team that is if you're looking for someone to challenge Ohio State, I got to think Maryland's that team right now. 
um, because it's not going to be Michigan. I mean, you look at Michigan, and they have to play Maryland, Penn State, and Michigan State, in addition to Ohio State. If you're to ask me right now, Michigan can't beat any of those teams I just mentioned. <laughs> the way they're playing right now. And they're ranked ahead of three of them. But I've got, the way that offense is looking, the way they're shooting themselves in the foot, the inconsistent play of, of Shea Patterson at quarterback, the defense is still there, but this is a very undisciplined team through two weeks. And to me, this has to be the end of Jim Harbaugh's reign there if they don't win a title. Because that still needs to be the objective at, at Michigan. Michigan can't settle for being a, 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 a you know a, a nine-win bowl team in the Big Ten. That's not who they are. That's not what that program is about. We've seen Notre Dame be able to kind of resurrect themselves. And listen, some of these teams that aren't Alabama, that aren't Clemson, that aren't Georgia, that aren't really LSU or Oklahoma. They're not going to. Ha- they're they're getting the best of the best around the country right now. So these other teams, or Ohio State, and Ohio, put Ohio State in that that group too. Um, they're not. You know, these other teams are fighting for for what's left, and you've got to find a way to crack those crack that that upper echelon of teams. And the Big Ten's got one of them, and it's not Michigan. And, and Michigan still needs to be part of that. So to me, that's the team that I'm following pretty close. Because I think it could get ugly before it gets, it gets, reaches the expectation that the folks in, in Ann Arbor had and, 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 you know, media critics and so-called experts and things like that. Because I, the way they ended the season last year, to me, with ugly losses against Ohio State and then Florida in, in, in the bowl game, in their bowl game, it just reeked of this carry over to this year. And they did not look, Really dominant against Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State, they were losing. You know, they gave up a touchdown early, and they should have lost to Army. So, and that's a game I knew that was going to be tough. I picked that one for yard markers. Definitely a game to watch with potential upset. And I'm opening up a little bit more this time to all sports. What is okay. your least favorite topic or story to cover? But you almost have to just because of the demand. You know, I think they're, to me, I, I, listen, I'm a huge college basketball guy. I, I love college basketball, but I, for the, cannot tell you how much I dislike the NBA. And it's, <laughs> and I watch, you know, I, I've lived through the Michael Jordan years. I covered some of Jordan's games when, you know, when, when the Bulls were in their heyday. Um, I've covered a lot of guys on the college level that are in the NBA now or starting to retire now. Um, and I just think the difference between the player in the NBA and the attitudes in the NBA is is just so so much different. Now, some could argue that it's a pro game in the college ranks too, and then you know we've seen the corruptness that's going on there. But for whatever reason, I still think there is that underdog element in the in the um, in, in the college basketball game. In the NBA, it's whoever's got the most money, it's whoever's got the superstars that's going to do it. And I was really turned off this offseason by players demanding, you know, wanting to play where they want to play. Kawhi Leonard and, uh, you know, Durant doing what he was doing. And, um, you know, just this this jockeying for position and where you want to play. Yeah, people want to know about that. And it's 
it's still a great, it's, it's an individual league. And it, it has been since Jordan. I mean, it's been about, you're marketing the players. You're rarely marketing the teams uh, anymore. Your best, your favorite teams that kids are walking around with jerseys are where the best players play for. I mean, if you asked a kid, if you asked kids 15 years ago, 10 years ago, where the Golden State Warriors played, they wouldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you. Like a kid in Chicago or, you know, an eight or nine-year-old kid in Chicago or anywhere else outside of the Bay Area. They probably didn't even know. But now everybody's wearing a Warriors jersey, you know, and everybody, now everybody loves the Raptors. So it's, um, and it's the way that I think the league is, 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 is the image of the league as well, too, with these, with the contracts and, you know, guys going for, you know, these, these max deals and, and all that stuff. That stuff I wrote a lot about towards the end of last season. Uh, with Yard Barker and and just really, you got to do it because yeah, it's 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 this part of sports. But to me, I never really liked writing about contracts and writing about because one to those guys, it might as well be you know like giving them a dollar because they've got so much money that they don't even know what to do with it. And um, the difference to you know for them, five million and six million is like pennies. You know, it's a lifetime for me, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not for them. So that's kind of the stuff that I, I think could be a little, um, just gets a little annoying to deal with as a fan too, because I'm still a fan of, uh, of sports. And I think for whatever reason, I think the college level to be for all sports, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of experience covering the NFL and I still think there's something, still something special about NFL Sundays that, that kind of still gets me excited as a fan, as a professional, things like that. But, uh, yeah, I could do without, I could do without the, 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 the politics of the NBA, but I will say this, and I always say this about NBA players, the guys that are playing there deserve to play because they really are the best players in the world. You're not going to see better shooters. You're not going to see better ball handlers and you're not going to see better defensive players than what's going on in the NBA. Man, thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Like, it's always lit. It's always amazing information. It's always incredible energy on your side, man. I'm just so geeked to have you back on. And I'm excited about all the stuff. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on again because I can already foresee all the other questions I have to ask you. You're just a wealth of knowledge, man. Can you let people know again how they can find you on Twitter and Instagram or, or um, get in hold to your content? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm at, at JeffM401.com, or at JeffM401, and then uh, YardBarker.com, just search for my name, uh, as well as TheGameHouse.com, uh, that's T-H-E-G-A-M-E-H-U-S.com, and I have a my college football previews and my five players to watch each week at GameHouse comes out on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, so you can check those, it's usually Thursday and Friday. Um, so you could check that out and, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, my, the, the stuff I do for FLM, they're kind of like a, a wire service. So they kind of goes out to whoever's subscribing to them, but, um, yeah, uh, anytime you need me, anytime I, I can help and, and talk sports, I'm here for you guys. Yeah, man, you're phenomenal. Yo, thank you so much. Hey, look, if you're out there and you're listening right now and you love what you're hearing, go ahead and drop the five-star rating on um, on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening on Spotify or wherever, right? If you're just listening for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. Um, If you've been here from the very beginning, I'd like to thank you for that as well. Look, 
man, it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal um, just season for us right now. And I'm just so happy that you're supporting us while we're going through this awesome growth season. So, hey, have a great day. This is Rick Sincere, MTNV Sports, signing out. Yo, yo, this your boy DJ B4EY. And this is Mrs. DJ B4EY. And you're now listening to MTMV Sports. Keep, Keep it, it locked. locked.